You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 12 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the, on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. And yourself? I'm good. Well, I'm very good, actually. I had a very good weekend. Did you have a nice weekend? Uh, I was in London yesterday. What, uh, Did you watch Sunday. the Jacksonville Jaguars? I was there watching the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry about this, but I knew they were playing, but I don't know what the final score was. Well, it was kick for the last the last kick of the game decided it, and it was the Jaguars who came out 23-20 winner, uh, 20 winners. Uh, first win in over a year. I think they had a 20-game losing streak, which came to an end. So it was another, rather dramatic. I know another team that's a bit like that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so which one do you support then? Do you support the Jaguars or the Dolphins? I think yesterday I was rooting for the Dolphins a little bit, but I'm not. They're not my teams. But um, I was. Yeah, it was. It was all right. But well, I think the game was better than expected, so it was. It was good fun. And where was it played? We were at the uh, Tottenham Stadium, which is wow, which is wicked. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one to to root out if people fancy uh, fancy an afternoon out. So it's, it's a yeah, wicked stadium. And is that the first time you've been there? I went uh, to a yeah another American football game a couple of years ago there as well. We were in a slightly different spot, so it was actually yeah I think it's slightly better this time. So yeah, but it is really yeah it's a yeah, obviously not not many people have been able to get to these big events in the last couple of years. So it's uh, yeah it felt felt good to be there. And it was, uh, yeah, yeah. It's been a good afternoon. Oh, that's excellent. I mean, I have been to the old White Hart Lane, so mm. um, I've not been to the new stadium, but obviously I, you do hear a lot of. A lot of good things about it. But anyway, we haven't come all this way to talk about Tottenham Hotspur. No. Who I think, to be fair, actually once competed in the Tool Station Western League. I think that's, <laughs> um, that's probably a conversation best had with Sandy Webb rather than, um, than one now. But um, we're going to be not talking about Tottenham Hotspur anymore. We will be talking about Mausel. I've got Jake Ash on this week's podcast. And in the first division, we will hear from a wise man, a very wise man indeed. It's Chris Wise, the manager of Wincanton Town, who I think we can safely say were very much at the races this weekend. Anyway, more of that um, and, uh, uh, and and I'm sure an awful lot more terrible puns from me over the next um, uh, 45 minutes. Uh, we are going to kick off our coverage of the Toolstation Western League in the Premier Division on Saturday, the 16th of October. We kick off at one of the most hotly anticipated matches in the league this season. Two of the big hitters in the Premier Division, Bitten, took on Helston Athletic, Tom, and um, really, well, there wasn't a lot that separated these teams before the game or afterwards. No, absolutely. Uh, finished all square, yeah, one all draw, uh, a bit on the weekend, pretty good crowd there, um, but they, yeah, uh, well, I suppose you could, I get a little bit of a slip up from Bitten, who were, were top going into the game. Um, they had a really good chance in the early stages, obviously, from, from the penalty spot after just five minutes, but Josh Egan, um, yeah, missed, missed, with, missed with his penalty, went wide, I think. Uh, but they did regroup pretty well. Uh, Jack Ball firing home from outside the box after just 15 minutes. So, uh, yeah, uh, despite the early early blip, they were on top uh, in the early stages. Uh, but it was, um, yeah, a, a moment of magic from uh, Stu Bowker. Uh, he managed to, to grab a point for the Cornish outfit. And uh, I think they'll, yeah, they'll definitely have gone home the happier the side. So a good point for Helston. Uh, one will draw away at Bitten. I mean, I know you like a goal scorer, Tom. Mm. So you'll appreciate how many Stu Bowker has got this, uh, mm, this season. 
but um, I've been following them closely on social media. Um, we've talked about it many times, um, the uh, the excellent match day footage that they put up uh, most weeks. And, um, you know, Stu Bauck is one of those players that I'm rapidly falling in love with. Yes, after the excellent work of uh, Mike Parrish, of course, on the um, on the Plymouth Parkway documentary, um, Shane Crack was my go-to player in the uh, in the Western League Premier Division. But um, Stu Bowker's rapidly um, becoming that man um, with the excellent, well, not only the excellent footage that we see from Mark Huckle, but also, uh, of course, um, his fantastic performances. And uh, he didn't, he, well, he delivered. He's, he's the postman, isn't he? He always delivers mm-hmm. um, for Helston. So another fantastic performance uh, for them. Uh, we then move on to a, a slightly more one-sided affair, Tom. Um, we are, um, we're doing this most weeks, and I apologise to Bridport fans because I don't really like putting you in this position. And as a Devizes fan, I know exactly how it feels. It was another difficult day at the office, but I think that, to be fair to Bridport, we should give them an awful lot of credit for the first 45 minutes against Tavistock because, I mean, this really was the apocryphal <laughs> a game of two halves, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, unfortunately for, for Bridport, it, uh, the floodgates did open slightly after the break, but they held out for 45 minutes against, well, the top side. So this is, well, as we look at the table now, it's top B bottom, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, probably a slightly expected result, but I think worth mentioning now that, yeah, it's it has, as I say, moved... Move Tavistock back ahead of Bitten. Uh, it seems to be a bit of a, a to and fro at the moment as to who will sit top of the table. So this week it is Tavistock, a 7-0 win, as I say, uh, away at Bridport. Uh, Liam Prynne, I think he, yeah, as I say, sometimes it isn't, isn't easy to, to run through the, the high-scoring affairs for, for, for the sake of both sides. But it, yeah, Liam Prynne scoring four uh, for Tavistock, definitely uh, worthy of a mention uh, in the space of just 30 minutes. Those goals came as well for him. So, yeah, he was on fire, wasn't he, for, for a good little spell there. Uh, and there was a couple of other goals uh, from uh, a pair of Joshes, Parry and Grant. So uh, a 10th league winner of the campaign for, for Tavistock. What's your collective noun for a pair of Joshes? Uh, there you go. We'll leave that squared, one. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> we'll, um, a Tavistock of Joshes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll leave that one with the listeners. Um, before we move on to Ilford Coombe against Kensham, I did want to give an honourable mention to Exmouth Town's game against Brislington. The game, I'm sure, as many people will have seen, was abandoned. And it was aran- abandoned because of a, of, a, of a very severe injury to, um, um, to Kieran Proctor. Um, and um, I'm really pleased to see that Kieran has taken to uh, to social media um, to sort of give an update on the injury that obviously stopped that game not just being completed, but I mean obviously would have had a profound effect on on himself as well. And he's very grateful for the support that he received from both Brislington and Exmouth. Um, he's uh, dislocated and fractured his ankle, um, but um, he's having an operation next week and he's on the road to recovery. There has been an update. Um, um, since then and uh, it turns out he's also fractured his fibula and tibula but um, mm-hmm. hopefully he will be back stronger than ever uh, really pleased to see Brislington have um, retweeted that from um, from Kieran and I know our thoughts um, go out to him as I'm sure everybody listening to this does because we've had a couple of really nasty injuries um, mm. uh, in the league this season it's a reminder of the reality of playing football we've been you know, without it for so long um, unfortunately, these uh, the players that we we love to watch um, they do risk these type of things, and they don't have the millions that are coming in um, at the top of the game, and we should remember that. So um, our thoughts to to Kieran. Anyway, uh, we will move on, and it is to Ilfracombe. 
two sides that have been going really well in the league this season. And, um, well, it was the home fans that went home happier here. Yeah, it's another game where uh, all the goals coming uh, in the second half uh, down there, um, the, down in Devon. And it was Ilfra Coombe, yeah, 3-1 win for them, uh, now up into fourth. So, uh, yeah, they're going great guns, aren't they? Uh, Liam Short scoring twice uh, up for the for the host side of side of a Jordan Metters goal, so he had equalised for the Ks. Uh, but that was as good as it got for them. So once Short had put them back in front, uh, that was how the game game stayed until uh, the final couple of minutes. And it was uh, Ollie Stevens who finally put the game to bed. Obviously, the game's still very much in the balance at that stage. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was Ilfra Coombe who ran out 3-1 winners. Now, Clevedon Town had a long away day at Mausall. Mm. Um, how was that trip back for them, Tom? Yeah, a bit tough, unfortunately. Uh, they were were ahead, uh, but uh, failed to a 3-2 defeat eventually. Uh, so it was Mausel who who went in front. Mark Goldsworthy uh, inside 10 minutes, putting them, giving them a, well, giving them an early early lead, as I say. But uh, yeah, Cleveland hit back and responded really well. Uh, Archie Ferris and Callum Kingdon uh, scoring in quick succession to to turn the game in their favour. Uh, it was Mausel. Uh, Obviously, getting level again uh, on the hour mark. That was Hayden Turner, and then with just five minutes left on the clock, it was uh, Callan McConey. Uh, he scored a yeah, well, it's a pretty dramatic late winner, really. Uh, a three-two win for for Mausall, and uh, yeah, they uh, give Cleveland another defeat. Unfortunately, uh, you know they don't come much closer than that, no. do they? And no, it was a game. absolutely. And I thought, well, we got to hear from Jake Ash on this one. Of course, we've had we had Jake on right at the very end of uh, of last season's runs of the podcast. So this is his. Um, first interview as a fully-fledged member of the Tool Station Western League family after that incredible 3-2 win at the weekend. I started my interview with Jake by asking if this if the game was as close as the scoreline suggests. Yeah, it, it was actually. Um, Clevedon, a, a very, um, very impressive side. I didn't really know too much about them. I, I spoke to... Um, uh, a guy I used to play with who, who played at Bath City and they played them in, I think it was the, the Somerset Cup or, or something similar. Apologies, I've got the regions wrong. Um, but he, he said that they're a good side um, and they, they certainly proved that. They've, they've got a lot of young players, um, some really good young players. They had a, a young keeper who I think you'd look at him and go, well, he might struggle. He's not the biggest, but he was absolutely outstanding on the day, saved the penalty and um, made, made several other outstanding stops. And I, I'm surprised they are where they are in the league to an extent because they, they, they've got they've got some some real ability about them as a side, and I, I'm confident that um, you know they'll, they'll move up the table. And it was it was tough. We, we we gave we were frustrated. We gave felt like we gave away a really sloppy first goal, and, and then they scored a second from distance, which was a great strike. And we felt like we'd been on top. We found ourselves two one down, which is frustrating. So um, obviously we had a few words at half time, and I, I don't often. Uh, sort of raise my voice I don't think that's the way in the modern game I don't think sometimes it gets results that, that you think it will but there, it was it was a noisy dressing room than normal at half time we were frustrated with probably a bit of naivety with our defending and um, uh, but second half we were, we were outstanding and, and Cleveland always a threat on the break but you know we, we created a lot of chances and we scored a, we scored the equaliser after an hour and it just felt like it was the, the, the winner was going to come any time but it took a bit longer than I'd have liked um, but we managed to get it in the 85th I think it was and Callum McConey coming off the bench and, and scoring, a, scoring a tidy finish so um, yeah it was it was close but it was, it was a nice one to get over the line and, and actually we've been we've been on a, a good run recently so um, yeah it was nice to keep that going I mean how, how important was it to get back to winning ways after that defeat against Bridgewater? 
Yeah, it was important. I, I think someone sent me the, the, the form table and actually the last six games um, we're, we're top of the form table. I think we've won five and, and lost to Bridgewater. So it, it's always important to, to, to get back with a win. But we, we were quite... We were quite clear about what happened up at Bridgewater. We, we'd had a really tough game on the Wednesday night against a, a good Saltash side, and we played really, really well. And we put in an awful lot of miles. Um, you know, the, the, the data had said that the boys had run an awful long way on Wednesday, and then we had obviously the journey up to Bridgewater. And you know, you can sense at Bridgewater they're a club on the up. You know, there was a real there was a real positivity about the place, a real bars, a good crowd. Um, I spoke to the manager beforehand, and you, you know you can see that they're heading in the right direction uh, as a club. And and on the day we just didn't quite have enough. We we, we helped, we presented them with, with some chances, and they were really ruthless and took them. Um, but we've been on a good run, so we weren't we weren't overly you know overly disappointed with it. No, I, I've never, I've very rarely been on the end of a six goal defeat. But um, we, we we kind of looked at the goals, said look. We, these are the areas we can be better at, but um, we knew we'd, we knew we'd bounce back, and, and it, so it was nice to get back to winning ways in because, like I said, we've been on a good run and we wanted that to carry on. And, and I think, given we've, we're behind other teams in terms of games, I think it's important that um, we, we kind of get points back and, and claw our way back as uh, as quickly as we can, really. Now, when we last spoke, of course, we um, we spoke a lot about the travel because that was always going to be a big feature of, of your involvement in the uh, in the Western League. And, and I know you were really positive about that. You were really sort of optimistic, not just yourself, but your team. You know, you knew what was going to be involved and you're up for the challenge. Um, now, with a few trips up the M5 under your belt, is that still the case? Yeah, if I'm honest, I've loved them. Um, it's been a really nice opportunity to get to speak to the boys and, and speak to the management staff as well. You know, we don't get that time in the week where you, you know we're, the, the WhatsApp group's always buzzing, but you don't get that time in the week to sit down for two, three hours and really sort of you know chat about football and life in general. So that bit's really nice, and, and certainly probably with the exception of coming back from Ilfracombe on Bank Holiday Monday when we were absolutely abject and uh, it was a pretty quiet and sombre bus home. We, we, we've come back most of the time having got some good results. We won up at Shepton in the Vars and, and we had a good day at Cabri Heath. So, but, you know, those journeys on the way back are everything that we said we wanted them to be. They've been fun, they've been vibrant. The boys have had a beer on the way back and just had a, had a good time sort of getting to know each other and forming those relationships and, and strengthening all those bonds which, which help on the pitch. So, um, no, we, we've really enjoyed it. The club have done a great job of always sorting us out with good transport I think which is key as well you know we've gone up on on nice buses which which made the journey much more pleasant so um no at, at the moment it's been fine we haven't had too many of the journeys we I think probably of our league games I think half of them have been against teams from down this way so we've only really had that Western League experience on a couple of times so far in terms of probably the Bridgewater and the, the Cadbury Heath games away from home so we've got plenty more to come but um no it's it's like we said we were never gonna use it as an out for anything um like I said last week against Bridgewater, it had an effect on our performance, but we got to figure out ways to stop that. Um, you know, that's on us. That's, that's, that's no one's fault. So, um, no, it's fine. And, and it seems like all the clubs that have come down to us have kind of made a day of it and enjoyed it. We haven't had too many, uh, too many grumbles yet, but um, yeah, we'll wait till, wait till January and uh, it can get a bit wet and wild down here. So, um, yeah, we'll see, see how people feel coming down in January and February. I mean, you mentioned there that obviously you have played quite a few familiar teams so far, not yet too many um, of the more established Western League clubs. I mean, are you going to reserve judgment perhaps on, on what life is like in this league for you? I mean, does it feel like you've really started playing Western League football yet with, with, with so many sort of familiar faces um, coming up against you? No, it doesn't actually. I've said that to a few people. I think we've played we've played Millbrook twice. We've played Saltash once and once in our Cornish Cup. We've played 
uh, Tavistock twice. Um, so it's probably half of our league games have been against teams that we kind of know a bit about and have played at before in previous years and cups or what have you. So, um, yeah, we've probably only had a handful of actual real Western League games and, and they've been really enjoyable because we don't know too much about the opposition. We don't know what we're going to you know, face in terms of shape or, or, or specific players, strengths or weaknesses. So, um the, the times that we have done it, it's been really enjoyable because it's just something different and new. So, yeah, at the moment, it, it, it doesn't quite feel like we're into the midst of, um, you know, a, a, a new campaign and a whole new experience because it hasn't quite been that way yet because of the way the fixture list has fallen. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll kind of hold judgment probably until maybe Christmas when it's, it's started to started to level out. We've had more of those journeys and had more teams come down to us whereby it will feel a bit more like a, a, a kind of new, you know, a new thing because at the moment it's... Uh, it's still plenty of teams that we know lots about and, and, and are used to playing. So, um, yeah, we've, we've probably not quite had the full experience yet. Well, two teams that you know um, quite a lot about are doing very well in the league at the moment. Um, if we look at the t- top of the table, Tavistock and Buckland are flying high. Of course, Bittenar as well. Um, I mean, notwithstanding the fact that you know you, we, we, we haven't played that many games yet, but I mean, do you expect those three teams to still be there or thereabouts come the end of the season? Or do you think that there is going to be a challenge made from, a, from another part of the table? I, I think you'd look at the league table at the moment and say any of the top 10 or 12 would actually look at the league table and say, you know, if we go on a run here, we could be in and around the top one or two. You know, we certainly still feel that way. And I think if we won our games in hand, I think we'd be pretty much level with the top one or two. So um, it's... the teams will it's a very even league you know there isn't I don't think there is an outstanding really obviously outstanding side I think there are lots of good sides um, and I think they'll all keep taking points off each other as the season goes on so it'll just be a case of which team can kind of put together the best run um, Tavistock we've played twice you know a really good side and have got that bit of experience in this league same as Buckland you know I haven't come up against Bitten yet but they seem you know like they're very keen on, on um, you know being successful and, and, and pushing on so you know and then you've you know, got the likes of Helston and, and who've got you know tremendous resource to, to go and compete and Saltash who have got a really together group and you know they're a really good side and, and, and I think Bridgewater as well um, you, you know look at all of those sides Shepton Mallet who are a good side we played I, I'm forgetting I'm going to be forgetting some because I, <laughs> I really do think the top 10 or 12 can, can go and beat anyone on their day so I think it's going to be really interesting I think from a you know, a neutrals uh, or or an outsider's looking in point of view. I think it will be it will be lots of twists and turns, and and I, I would really not want to stick my neck on the line at the moment and predict anyone was going to come out on top because I think it's going to um, I think it, it it could go anyway at the moment. Well, what about your own ambitions for this season? Then I mean, you you sort of talked about what you could achieve if you won your games in hand. I mean, you know, are you are you still aiming for a sort of a top one or two finish? Or or if I if I was to offer you the chance now to be the best placed of the newly promoted teams, would you take that? I think if we were the best placed of the newly promoted teams, I think we'd probably end up in the top one or two because I think I think Helston and Saltash will and Ilfracoom, you know, done fantastically as well. You know, we went up there and played up there, it was a really tough game. We were rubbish, but um it, it was a really tough tough day. So I think if we could finish above any of those three, we're gonna be in a very good position because they'll all be up there. Um, and I think Millbrook will improve as well because they're a good side with a really good manager. So um yeah, I, I, I take that all day long to be the top of those sides because that will have us in a good position anyway in terms of our own ambition um, again I think anyone looks at the league table would say we can get in and around the top two I think um, I think 
every team in the league has that ambition. And I'm certainly never not going to pretend or dress it up or do some kind of managerial mind games and suggest that we we've got anything other than looking at those those top positions because why else why else do it? So, um, it, it, but again, it will go back to how you get on against uh, on a regular basis against the, the, those other good sides. So, um, you know, we've played Tavistock twice and they, they've taken six points of us. So, you know, if you can do that against teams near the top, um, you're going to be, end up in a, in a good position. So we need to, when we start playing these top sides, you know, we've got, I think we've got Shepton Mallet in a couple of weeks' time again. Um, we, we go to Bitten as well. Um, we've got Soltash again next month. So, you know, it'll be those results against those sides that will really dictate where you, where you finish because um, it, uh, you can't really afford to drop um, too many of those against those other teams because other teams in the league will still beat you know Cleveland could have easily had a point off us on Saturday so um, it, 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 those games will, will have real importance about them but that's great that's exciting that's why we, we want to go into a, a league like this because you know last year we, we had games where you knew you were going to win 6-7-8-0 um, and as nice as that is as a manager and it helps your heart and your, your stress levels um you know that's that's not proper football. So it's it's been a real relentless <clears throat> talking to the other managers down here as well. It's been it's, that's been a real noticeable thing about the league this year. It's it's relentless. Every game week to week is a real challenge and really tough. And um, you know it, as, as as bad as that is as a manager because you'd love an easy life and you'd love it to you'd, you'd love a, you'd love to cruise to a five six nil every so often just to help your heartbeat. But um, for for the players it's great and for the club it's great because it's interesting every week. You never quite know what's going to happen and, that, and that's that's the beauty of the game. Right then, well before Shepton Mallet you're going to have to face Wells City in the FA Vars, that's this coming Saturday. Now of course Wells City are in our first division so you will be hot favourites for that match but you can't afford to take anything for granted, can you? No, not at all. I think they came down to Cornwall in the last round, well, or Plymouth, I should say, um, and beat Ivy Bridge, who are a good side. Um, I think they're seven unbeaten now, Wells. Um, so you know they've obviously got something about them. Um, we've got we've we've had them watched and we've got a couple of videos of of how they play. So we'll, we'll kind of take that into preparation for this week um, going into Saturday. But no, absolutely, uh, we've learned that this season. You can't take any team in this Western League for granted, whether they're Premier League or Division One. And, and the FA Vars is is a special competition where um, teams can teams can be anyone on their day. And, and and teams that come down here, they they especially in the cup competitions, they, it's going to be a long day. They're going to get the bus. They're going to have a brilliant time on the way back. So getting a result is, is even more important because it makes that journey even more enjoyable on the way home. So, um, no, I'm, I'm certain it'll be a really tough one on Saturday um, and we'll have to be, be our best to get through. But it's the furthest the club, the furthest miles we've ever been. We've only been in it for two seasons, so that's not a huge, uh, a huge accolade. But, um, but it, it's, it's a great occasion for the club um, and, and everyone down here is, is, is really excited about it. So um, we're, we're desperate to, to put on a performance. And I'm sure if we, if we play, to our, play to our abilities, I, I'm sure we'll be OK. But um, we've got to do that first. That's very easy to say. We, we have to do it. And as we found out at periods on, on Saturday, we, we, if we don't do it, then teams will punish us. So, no, we'll be ready to go and uh, ready, for, ready for a difficult one and, and just hopefully find ourselves in the heart on Monday. And my thanks to Jake for his time. Now, finally, one more game we're going to run through in the Premier Division. Tom, it's Shepton Mallet against Saltash United. I mean, two of the big hitters in the Premier Division. And um, I think it would be face to say that Shepton met their match on Saturday. A little bit, yeah. They, well, had the opportunity to, to, to claim a point. But unfortunately for them, it was a 1-0 defeat at home. Uh, Saltash running out winners. And it was uh, Ryan Rickard who was very much the hero for, for Saltash. Um, uh, it was Sam Farrant who was the only goal scorer in the game. 32 minutes 
uh, into into this one. Uh, it was a free kick from him, put them uh, put them in front. Uh, and as we know, Shepton, uh, yeah, they're pretty pretty tough to beat at home, aren't they? So uh, yeah, it was no surprise when they got the opportunity, as I say, a couple of minutes uh, before the end to, to level uh, from the spot. But it was uh, Jack Fillingham stepped up, and unfortunately for him, saw his uh, saw his spot kick saved by by Ricard, who I mentioned earlier, Saltash keeper, and uh, yeah, he managed to preserve his clean sheet and preserve the three points. So really uh, impressive win for Saltash, one 0 away at Shepton Mallet on Saturday. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving on to the first division, and we kick things off with the league leaders, Welton Rovers. They were away at um, Bristol Telephones, and, um, well, they were in typically good goal-scoring form. Yeah, no stopping them, is there? Uh, a 5-2 win uh, away at the phones, who actually, yeah, put up... Well, I said there's no stopping them. They put up a pretty good fight, really. Uh, they sort of remained in the game for... For, for, for spells in the after, in the afternoon, uh, scoring a couple of goals themselves, but it was Welton who eventually ran out uh, five two victors. Uh, Lewis Russell opening the scoring inside two minutes, so they got a got a dream start. Uh, but the uh, yeah the phones yeah managed to as I say stay in the game. A couple of goals from Jake Slocum, uh, finally sort of putting the result uh, beyond doubt. For Joe Garland and Jacob Watson uh, then scored scored uh, scored as well for for the Green Army, and it was a yeah five two win for them away at the phones on Saturday. And next we move on to the Theatre of Cheese, where mm. Cheddar took on Joe White's Almondsbury. But, um, well, I think um, I think it was the Cheesemen that went home happy here, Tom. Yeah, finally. Uh, yeah, seven-match winless run. I'd not quite realised it had got that bad for them, but uh, that was that was, uh, that was was how it was. Um, but it was, yeah, a real blitz. Uh, just, I think it was just before half-time uh, that really turned this game uh, in their favour. I think it was Joe White who you mentioned there. He put the put the visitors ahead, uh, Almondsbury in front. Uh, but, yeah, that pretty much sparked uh, Cheddar into life, it seems. Uh, Ollie Hucker volleying them level on the half-hour mark. Uh, and then it was, yeah, three goals in the space of five minutes. Uh, an own goal starting that. And then quick vibration, Robbie Maggs, I think, one, uh, well, the second goal, sorry, coming almost straight from the kickoff. So, uh, yeah, they really did turn it on all of a sudden, Cheddar, and were 4-1 up at the break. Didn't really look back. I mean, Andy Williams struck 13 minutes of time for the the away side, but that was as good as it got. And uh, yeah, it was a yeah a, a much needed win, I would say, for Cheddar. Our next game, you've you've indulged me with this one, Tom Hengrove Athletic. It was they took on Devizes Town. It was an early season six pointer, you know, a basement battle. And um, well, just just I'm going to sit back and close my eyes and let you take me through. It I thought you were going to tell us all about again. it. To be honest. You, Desperate for me to talk about it. So I well, I'd be, you know. I, <laughs> I'd be a bit biased, Tom. I'd be yeah. a bit biased. And um, I must say, I, I think the most important thing I can say is that I had an absolutely fantastic well, um, welcome at, at Hengrove. They really did. Um, it, I, I had a lovely day. I helped immeasurably by the results. <laughs> but no, I had a really uh, I had a really lovely time. And um, and I was also in the company of our league social media manager, James Healy. He came and joined mm. me and uh, 
And of course, my my big concern is that when I go and watch devices, I try and take pictures of the action, you know, the goals and all the rest of it. And I've speculated before on the podcast that I'm worried I'm jinxing them. So if I am actually the jinx, then James could even be the cure. So actually, oh. I think we're going to have to kidnap him and yeah. take him to every single devices game. I don't know how Mrs. Healy's going to feel about that. Yeah. I don't know how James is going to feel about no, that. I was going to say he's probably he, more important. Yeah, yeah, he could have been the difference between the two sides. But um, but yeah, give give us give, yeah, take us through the action. Well, it was yeah. So um, well, I think most people probably know by now, but it was devices. Yeah, three-two win for them away. Hengrave, uh, a rare victory, I think uh, would be would be fair to say. Uh, it was a pretty tight affair, I would say. And Bevan Cross and uh, a penalty from Stuart Windsor doing the damage before the break. Uh, for devices, so they led 2-1 at the interval, and then it was Dan Sibley uh, who added a goal uh, in the second half, and it was, yeah, you might be able to tell me more, but it was, yeah, 3-2 win for, for devices, and, uh, yeah, important points to, to, to close the gap a little bit on the teams above them, which obviously is, yeah, good good boost for them, I think. Well, I know that, you know, from the Hengrove perspective, they weren't overly sort of enthused about their performance and given that they were at home you know you can understand why particularly against a team like devices that you know have found wins very hard to come by but um you know under the new uh, management team of alex blake and trevor rawlins devices are a different outfit and um you know they started really brightly i was very you know i was very enthused you know the first uh, you know i could say arguably that the first goal came against the run of play but i mean given what i've been subjected to over the last few years um i mm. thought oh here we go here we go again uh, but no, you know, to be fair, the team the team dug in, and um, you know, the penalty was fortuitous, but it got us back on on level terms. And then, I mean, the second goal I think was, um, you know, was was in some ways the difference between the two sides because it was a moment of absolute quality. And I haven't really seen too many of them. It would be fair to say watching devices over the last um, over the last few uh, few seasons, but it was it was outstanding. You know that clearly made the world of difference to their enthusiasm, and in the first, in the you know, and after the halftime break, they came out and got that all-important third goal. And I relaxed a bit. I mean, to be fair, Hengrove put a lot of pressure on, particularly as the second half wore on, as you'd expect them to do to try and get into the game. And um, I mean, they're, they're, I have to say, their goal was fantastic at the end—a fantastic free kick. Um, so, um, so all credit to them for that. But you know, it was. Uh, it was something that I have not seen for a very long time. It was a devises win, and I went I went home a very very happy man. So um, it was a it was a very special day in devises. They were dancing in the streets of Littleton Panel, I can assure you. And um, uh, yes, anyway, we'll um, let's not just book that let's not book that open top bus tour just yet because devises have still got plenty of work to do um, to get away from trouble but I just you know they've given themselves a fighting chance now and that's all really any any football fan can want right then anyway that's enough for me on my my monologue on you know on on devices that is really probably of only interest to a very small number of people listening to this podcast but we will finish off with Wing Canton Town against Bishop Sutton now Bishop Sutton have been going very well I would go as far as to say they've been a bit of a surprise package this season, Tom, you tell me if I'm wrong, but they came up against a uh, well, a Wincanton Town side that were in you know really good form on Saturday. Yeah, this is probably well, I quite look back through the, through all the fixtures, but I would imagine this was probably Wincanton's standout result uh, of the season today. A six-nil triumph for them uh, at home to Bishop Sutton on Saturday. Uh, Louis Irwin putting them ahead in in the tenth minute. I didn't really look back from there. Uh, first goal 
for the club by Cambier made it made it two nil just before the half hour mark, uh, and then there was a beauty of a goal from uh, Cam Allen, uh, curling home a third. Uh, Dan Weiser scoring a penalty in injury time uh, at the end of the first half to pretty much put the result beyond doubt. You think four nil at the break for the home side, and uh, that was what it proved. Winky pushing on uh, after the break. Uh, there was a bundled finish from Gary Chapman uh, before Allen then saved the best for last. Uh, if his first goal was pretty good, the second one, absolute worldy. Uh, making his marker uh, before then unleashing a 40-yard strike into the, the top left corner. And I have seen that one on on the socials. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Mm. Uh, a big result and, uh, yeah, impressive uh, impressive performance in front of goal from, from, from Mr. Allen, I think. Yeah, just stand out on, on Saturday. Yeah, a huge win at the weekend against Bishop Sutton. Well, I started my conversation with Chris Wise, the manager of Wincanton Town, by congratulating him on that result. Uh, yeah, we, we were absolutely buzzing after Saturday. Um, it's been it's been a long time coming. It's been a difficult few weeks, to be honest. Um, but we have been threatening to do that to a side. Um, we score goals. We we do like we we um with a with the highest scorers in the division with games in hand over most teams and well below midway in the table which kind of highlights where our problems are um but we do we score goals and the amount of chances we create we can do that to sides and yeah fortunately saturday was one where a, a reasonable percentage of them went in i mean we, we obviously we scored six but i mean we, we hit the post four times as well on right. saturday um and missed a couple of one-on-ones. So we did. We played really well Saturday, and obviously got a real convincing win. And yeah, we were absolutely buzzing with that. Um, like I said, we just we just need to obviously do it a little bit more often now. We're not. You're not going to win six 0 every week, but we just need that level of consistency in our game to be at the levels we were at on Saturday. Because when we're at when we're at our best and we're really at it, we we can do that to teams. I mean, you, you alluded to it in, in your last answer. You are 14th in the table at the moment. I mean, you know, given your capacity to score goals, I don't think that's in question. But, I mean, do you think that 14th is a fair reflection on how you perform this season? Yeah, to, to, to be honest, we've had, a, um, we've had a tough start and you can't kind of dress it up any other way. Some, we've, we've had some bad luck in some, some areas. We've had... Goals disallowed in the 94th minute, which uh, with the uh, the footage we now have around all kinds of grounds now in the league have, have been shown that we had on two occasions shown that they should they should have been allowed. Um, we've had performances where we've absolutely dominated and it's, it's not gone in, but you are where you are for a reason. Um, the, the biggest reason for me why we are where we are at the minute is. I've heard kind of over the years, obviously I've, I've done these podcasts for you for, for a good few years now, um, and over the years I've always heard kind of managers kind of moaning about availability and, and players not available, and I've almost kind of smugly thought, oh, I'm glad that doesn't affect me. Right. I'm gladly that like that doesn't affect us at Wincanton, we're all good. But this year it's been it's been unbelievable, the availability. It's, it's hampered us so much. I mean, we've played... We've played 13 league games so far this season and only one out of those 13 have I had everybody available. Um, and, and some of them have been severe unavailability as well. I mean, Lebec last week, for example, we already had three um, regular starters not playing um, who weren't available. And then on the actual day itself, which I've never had before, I had another three pull out in the morning due to illness. Um not not COVID, thankfully, just uh, just other illness. Um, and when 
we've only got a small squad. We've only got kind of a, um, a quite a small squad that we run with, and you can't allow for that, and you can't compensate for that, and you, you're going to suffer. So, um, and we've had other occasions where we've had kind of seven, eight miss it on a Saturday, and we've, we've done their best and done really well in some cases, but. Obviously, work all summer to put a squad together that you hope is going to be capable of kind of doing what you want them to do and achieving your goals. And when that squad's not been available, it's going to kind of cut you off at the legs, really, and really kind of hamper your chances. So, hopefully, touch wood, and I am literally kind of touching the table next to me as I'm saying this to you. Hopefully, uh, I think we are through the worst of that now. I don't know of any. Um, real unavailability coming up which is likely to hamper us so hopefully that is going to be the, uh, something of the past and we can kick on now because when we have got everyone available I would expect us to hopefully start pushing up the table It's one of the interesting sort of legacies of Covid I think you know, from talking to other managers and I know that Covid has played a part in your season um, you know so far so I mean you know, do you think that that is the reason why not only you know there's been issues obviously with illness, but also the fact that people have been trying to get their lives back on track. You know, seeing friends, seeing family, even dare I say it, going on holiday. You know, it does put put football in perspective, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely, it's definitely the reason, without a doubt. Like I said, I've been here, I've been here seven years now, and I've never had it before. And it's not, it's too big a coincidence that because of COVID, we are now having it. And it's things such as. I mean, we had one with a festival, for example, which was due to be in the summer and obviously got pushed back into the season. Uh, we've had numerous weddings that were going to be last year and obviously they're now they're now all now because obviously weddings weren't allowed and so on. And, and like you said, it's just people wanting to do things that they, they, haven't, they weren't able to do for so long. I mean, I don't think any of us ever could even, in our wildest dreams, imagine we would be locked down and forbidden from doing things that we took for granted. Um, and all of a sudden, you, you're able to do them, and of course, people want to do them. So they've booked in, and for for a little part, football's not been the biggest number one priority on every single person's list, which I, I don't like it, of course. I want it to be, but you, you can understand it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, hopefully... We're through that now. Um, as far as I'm aware, there's nothing major coming up. Um, and I know I know other clubs have had this as well. I'm absolutely not just saying we're the only ones that have they've had this. We we've had kind of a COVID outbreak in squad as well, um, where we had to postpone a few games. And I know teams have had that as well. It's just it has affected us masses massively. You can't kind of dress it up any other way. And like I said, I really, really hope we're through the through the worst of it now. It makes kind of planning week on week a, a nightmare, to be honest, for the the management team. It makes it so difficult. Now, I expected big things from you this season. You're a side that certainly had a very big reputation in the first division. What were your expectations for the league going into this campaign? Yeah, I think I think we always kind of made no made no secret of the fact that we wanted to be up near the top of the table and. And I'd be lying if that still wasn't our aspirations now. That obviously you see Welton are flying at the moment. Of course they are, um, but we still want to be up near that top end of the table. And the good thing about this division is, if you put a run together, you can be there quite quickly. Um, we've got a few games in hand already. Um, our next four games, we've got to play um, first, second, third, and fifth. So we've got a real tough run of games coming up in the next four. Um, 
but that's why you that's why you're in it, and that's why you're in this league to play those sort of games. Um, there'll be competitive fixtures, but if kind of going back to my previous point, if we can keep the availability high and get the whole squad available, we are a match for any team in this division. I don't care if you're, you're kind of first or bottom. If we've got everyone available, I'll back us. Um, and we're at our best. Like, and that, that's, a, that's a consistency thing as well, which we, we've kind of, we're talking about internally because obviously we, we scored six on Saturday. We, we've scored nine before in a game. Um, yeah, we won't but, talk about that. Yeah, yeah but consistently, um, like, it's no good just doing that on the odd occasion and then kind of dipping the next week and going and getting beat. Um, you need to kind of get a consistent run together of winning and kind of a big problem for us as well has been obviously the goals we've been conceding. Although, as I mentioned, we, we score goals every week. Saturday was our first clean sheet of the season. Out of 13 games, to not to not have a clean sheet is obviously, again, has been a big concern and something that we spoke about a lot. So to get that one boxed off as well was a real good feeling too. Now, earlier in that answer, you mentioned um, Welton, Welton Rovers and they have made an incredible start. But which other teams have caught your eye this season? <laughs> We've played Warminster twice. They're always a tough game. Um, drew at home against them. Um, and Sam Thompson, the keeper, is making his debut that game after signing from caution he was he was unbelievable like in terms of a, a goalkeeper debut performance he was unreal when we played him away a couple of weeks ago won the up 20 minutes to go gave away a silly penalty and lost 2-1 and that was frustrating um obviously i mentioned lebeck um a moment ago and i, me- I mentioned them because of our own availability problems but fair play to lebeck going forward they are a real real top side um they they cause us so many problems on the day. Um, they got a lad called Cameron Brown up front for him, who was unbelievable. Um, he scored a hat trick and he controlled the whole game, bossed the whole game. He was he was so good against us. And going forward, they'll cause anybody in the league problems. I'm I'm absolutely convinced of it. Um, so yeah, kind of they they'd be really the the teams that have kind of caught my eye so far. Apart from that, all the games have been kind of fairly. Fairly, fairly even, really, in the most part. Um, but yeah, probably Lebec on their on their own pitch on the four G. If they're at their best going forward, then they'll they can hurt any team in the league with the, the talent they've got going forwards. Is awesome for this league, to be fair. Now, I, I gave my eulogy to Cameron Brown on last week's um, podcast, so I'm I'm not going to do that again. But of course, one of his former teams were Radstock Town, and you've got them away on Saturday, and that's going to be a real test for you. Yeah, absolutely. They they've been flying. Um, they, yeah, they, they've been. They're up in third, and they're always good games against Radstock. Um, when Cant and Radstock always have a really good battle, um, and yeah, that will definitely be a, a big test. They they've obviously been fairly consistent this year and picked up some good results as well. Um, I think they beat Sherborne earlier in the season, and they beat the Beck. Uh, obviously, beat Gill on Saturday. So again, that that'll be a tough, really tough game. They've won kind of seven out of fifteen so far. So they go, they're going well at the top of the league. Um, but again, if we we play like we do Saturday and kind of get that consistency in our game, then we'll we'll be a match for them. Um, so that's kind of the challenge from our end, really. And of course, the next run of games is one that you've already alluded to because after Radstock, you follow that up with Welton Rovers seven days later. Then it's Sherborne. Then it's second place. Oldland Abertonians. It feels like, even though we're—I mean, we're talking obviously only in October—but 
these run of games could almost be a season-defining opportunity for you. Yeah, they absolutely could. I mean, if we if we kind of really go about it and get a little run together, then um, because of the level of opposition we're playing and where they are on the table, we we'd automatically claw back vital vital points that we've already lost at this stage. But they they are going to be really tough games. Um, Without a doubt, obviously Welton, for example, unbeaten at this stage and don't don't concede a lot of goals. Um, Sherborne the same; they don't concede a lot of goals as well. And obviously, Oldlands and Radstock second and third in the league. But to be honest, I always back us more against the teams that are doing well and performing. We, we we've slipped up too many times against um, teams at the wrong end of the table in the past. So I'd, I would much rather be playing these games. Um, I think it's something which normally gets the best out of us. But yeah, you, you're absolutely right. If all of a sudden we can put four good results ever or get a good level of points out of those next four games, then it's a different story. And um, obviously that's something we'll be discussing without a doubt. And my thanks to Chris for his time. Before we move into the fixtures on Saturday, Tom, what can you tell us about Friday night football? Well, there's an absolute... well. A tremendously exciting clash, I think, down at Bridgewater. Uh, they host Tavistock, uh, league leaders heading to, yeah, well, one of the one of the uh, the, the tougher places to go, Fairfax, uh, to take on Bridgewater on Friday night, and that should be absolutely, yeah, um, I would imagine a big crowd will be down there. So uh, yeah, looking forward to to seeing how that one plays out, and if Tavistock can extend their uh, lead atop the top the division before, uh, yeah, before a few other games on the weekend. And there was me thinking you were going to tell everybody about Longwell Green Sports against Bristol Telephone. Sure, that'll also be excellent as well. Kick off at 7.30. Now, let's take a look ahead to the fixtures on Saturday, the 23rd of October. And we kick off with the FA bars. We've got quite a busy um, schedule of bars games. I'm going to very quickly take you through the action that our sides are in. Ashton Backwell take on Bemerton Heath Harlequins. Bitten are at home to New Milton Town. Um, Brinscombe and Thrupp, um, they take on first division leaders, Welton Rovers. Buckland Athletic, they take on Camelford. Cadbury Heath uh, are at home to Hamworthy United. Millbrook take on Wellington. Mousel are at home to first division, Wells City. Newquay, they, uh, they take on Canesham Town. Oldland Abertonians entertain Helston Athletic. And Street make the trip to Tuffley Rovers. There's only a couple of games in the Premier Division, so we won't get too uh, embroiled in that. But we will take a look into the First Division on um, Saturday, the uh, the 23rd. And um, Tom, which uh, which fixture has caught your eye here? Caught my eye for uh, yeah, a slightly odd reason. I mean, we've got Sherborne hosting Tiverington, and those two teams we didn't go for it in the in the uh, the roundup just then. But those two teams have just played each other three days previously to, to us speaking now on, on Saturday. So uh, one week gap between these games, one all draw, not much to, to split them on the weekend. So we'll see see what gives second time around. Uh, obviously, Sherborne at home this time. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of, uh, yeah, obviously they'll know each other well, won't they, going into this one. So it'll be uh, interesting to see if we get a similar result on, on Saturday um, in the coming week. You know, I think there's some really good games in the first division, actually, uh, on, on Saturday. I mean, you look at Bocco against Warminster, you know, I think that's going to be a, a good game. Um, but I'm going to go for Radstock Town against Wincanton United. Um, Radstock have um, slowly sort of crept up into third position in the uh, in the in the first division. I know we're going to be having a look at the tables in a minute, but um, Wincanton, I think everybody's waiting desperately for them to turn their season around. I know it's not been the greatest starts for them, but we know how good they are. 
So um, this will be a real test for those credentials. You know, if they can get something out of this match, then we'll know that they're very much back on back on track. Um, so Radstock Town against Wincanton Town is where I'm going uh, on Saturday, the 23rd of October. It's not actually where I'm going. I was about to say, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's where my that's where my sort of that's my advice right. for anybody seeking a first division game. Mm. Um, anyway. Um, Tom, let's. Uh, we didn't do it last week. Let's have a quick look at the league tables because, as you've mentioned, um, we've been having quite a lot of. You know, we've there's been a lot of swapping of positions going mm. on, um, and um, which obviously makes for really, you know, a really entertaining season. Can you take us through the top of the Premier Division? Yeah, as I say, it's, it has been a, a lot of chopping and changing. But Tavistock have leapfrogged it and back into into top spot in the in the Prem. Uh, 15 games played, they're up to 32 points. Uh, 19 is their goal difference, which uh, swung swung top spot in their favour. Uh, so they are 10, 10 league wins, first team to do that this season. Uh, Bitten, as I say, in second. They've also played 15, they're 30 points, so two points behind Tavistock as things stand. Uh, you've then got Buckland, the game, game further back, uh, three points behind, they're on 27. Uh, and then you've got a whole plethora of teams who I think are really capable of, of, of catching, that are all on 13 points. So these four teams... Well, five teams, I think, if we include Shepton down in down in eighth, uh, are all capable, I think, of of, uh, of catching those top three. Um, obviously, there's plenty of time to go, but you know what I mean. Sort of built, taking a bit of ground. Ilford Coombe in fourth, 25 points. You've got a couple of teams on 24 in Helston and Saltash. Uh, Bridgewater hosting uh, Tavistock on Friday, as we say. Uh, they've played 13. They're on 23 points, and then Shepton. All the way down in eight, but they've only played 13 and they're on 22 points. So it's really, uh, yeah, a bit of a log jam, I would say, uh, towards the top of the table at the moment. It's good, good, it's good, 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 good to look at. Well, I'll, I'll see your Shepton and I'll raise you Mousel because, um, I mean, and you, I could even say Exmouth. But, I, mean, I mean, we Mousel... could just run through all 20 teams, to be honest, couldn't we? I mean, I'm, there's plenty well, we, going we, on. <laughs> we, we, we'd be one short if we did, because there's only 19. You've but... caught me out there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, Mousel played 11 games. You know, came mm-hmm. from above yeah, and played absolutely. 15. So absolutely. I think if Mousel and Exmouth can win their games in hand, and I think, you know, plenty of people would expect them, no, perhaps not necessarily to win all of them, but, you know, that, they, that puts them right in the mix. And I think it's a great advert for Tool Station Western League football when, you know, you've literally got the top half of the table who are all in contention, yeah. um, you know, for honours. I think that's a great advert. Anyway, I wasn't... You. That's not what That's not what my segment of this conversation is all <laughs> supposed to be about. I'm supposed to be talking about those teams who are staring down the barrel. Yeah, you do the and, um, Yeah, I, I shall do the glum part. Poor old Bridport. Played 15, got three points. So um, it's been a very, very difficult season for them. And, um, you know, hopefully they can they can do something to turn that around. Certainly that first half performance against league leaders, Tavistock, would suggest that there's, you know, there's still fire in the belly. Um, above them, Ashton and Backwell. Um, they're certainly trying to put a, um, trying to make a fight of it. They've played 12, they've got seven points. And above them, Millbrook played 13, nine points. Cadbury Heath, Wellington and Clevedon have all got 14 points. So there's already a little bit of a gap developing between 16th and 17th in the Premier Division. Anyway, moving swiftly on to the First Division. And there is only one show in town, Tom. <laughs> who, who, who are they? Yeah, it's well isn't it? 15 games played, 113, drawn two, 41 points. They've now got a 15-point lead uh, atop the division. Uh, I don't think anyone probably could have seen this coming. Uh, yeah, they are... Running away of it a little bit at the moment. So you've got Oldland and Radstock then in second and third. They've both played 15 and they're on 26 points. Uh, you've got Bocco in third going great guns. They've got uh, 25 points from their 15 games. 
Uh, and then you've got Sherborne and Warminster and Cheddar all on 24 points. They are in 5th, 6th and 7th, respectively. Uh, also, yeah, going pretty well. And uh, the likes of Odd Down and Tiverington and Wells keeping the pace. They've all reached the 20-point barrier. So, it's uh, yeah, another another top half that's that's fascinating. Um, only because can anyone chase Welton down? That'll be uh, interesting to see. It's weird, isn't it? Because in recent seasons, you know, the first division's got almost the look of mm. um, the Premier Division, really. The first division has historically been a division in which any team can be anybody. You know, we yep. hear that every single week on the podcast. <laughs> and, of course, in recent seasons, we've had the likes of Plymouth Parkway and Street, Will and Rovers even, you know, who, you know, who, who just won game after game after game and um, secured their position in Southern League football. Well, at the moment, it's well... Rovers who are winning game after game after game really tremendous effort from them and um, you know as you, you're quite right Tom I mean you know the other sides are sort of below them are bunching really but um, um, yeah an extraordinary effort there from Tom Smith and uh, and the Green Army there uh, again I shall be the harbinger of bad news but with a slightly happier smile on my face because Devizes Town may be in 21st place in the first division but they have eight points from their 14 games, they are making a fist of it. And I think if uh, if we've got any Bridport fans out there listening who are feeling a little bit morose, then um, take a look at uh, at First Division Devizes Town because um, they are turning things around and they are really doing their best to pull away from the bottom of the division. Above them are Almondsbury, 10 points from their 13 matches. And above them, it's Bishops Lydiard, 11 points from their 12 game. Then Hengrove, of course, um, 15 played, uh, 12 points, and Longwell Green also got 12 points as well. So devises one more win, and it gets really congested. And, of course, then um, you can really start looking up rather than down and seeing whether you know there's an opportunity to move into, into mid-table. So everything to play for. It's only October. We haven't even got to Halloween yet. Mm. So it feels like I've been spending the last two years in perpetual Halloween. Um, watching some of the games I've seen. But anyway, never mind. Um, hopefully that will be beyond us soon. Tom, we have, as always, been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? Uh, that is on the Tool Station League website. Uh, it's about halfway down the, the homepage, isn't it? So, uh, you can, so you can download that uh, as a PDF or a Word uh, doc. And, uh, yeah, that comes out every week, looking back and looking forward, I guess, uh, to, to what's just happened and, yeah, giving you sort of stats and and whatnot and league tables and running you through what's going on around the league excellent tom thank you very much indeed for your time and your company as always and i look forward to catching up with you on next week's tall station western league podcast